Hey, everybody. Welcome back into the NutraZone podcast. I'm Max Miller alongside my partner in crime, Paul De Los Santos. Paul, it's been a, a somewhat quiet-ish week, if you will, in the NHL world. Um, you know, a lot's gone on, but also at the same time, not much has gone on since the last time we talked. Paul, how are you doing on this Thanksgiving week? I'm doing well. Just, you know, just checking to every, making sure everything's working on uh, on our end and everything is and everything looks good and we're good to go. So, yeah, there hasn't been a lot of news. It hasn't really changed much. The landscape is still very much still very much a wide open space and with teams kind of settling into their roles. Yeah, I definitely think that's a good way of putting it. Teams settling into their roles. You know, the Sharks sitting at the bottom of the Pacific. Vegas, you know, atop the Pacific. What else is new in the NHL world? Look, I mean, the Oilers are the Oilers. Uh, they're asking McDavid interesting questions about losing or winning in 7-5 or 4-1 because there's an obvious answer there and you're not just trying for a bite. But that's a sorry for another time. And, you know, everything's been going on. There was some great matchups last night. Boston and Tampa was a good one. The Dallas Rangers game was a Tampa was a was an interesting one. It's been a lot of good games going on, but you know, both of our teams are out on the road right now, so it's been pretty quiet. But uh, what have you seen? Obviously, the Vegas Golden Knights continue to get healthier. What, what have you seen from them lately? As you know, they're kind of going back to that kind of quiet successfulness of theirs. You know, it's funny that you mentioned quad success, but they've lost. They've been shut out two times in three games on this road trip. And it's just, it's been a rough roadie in terms of Vegas and it's just not really getting going offensively. I think they had Montreal was a good game. They play, and then the Flyers, they lost in overtime and then they getting shut out in their other two losses. So they've they picked up three points, which, you know, three points out of, out of four games, not ideal if you're Vegas, especially when the high expectations are there. But they got to play Dallas tomorrow in Dallas. So that's going to be interesting how that progresses. I mean, it's just, it seems like Vegas is just, you know they're hitting that lull a little bit, and I think yeah. I think the adrenaline of, of being a Stanley Cup champion is slowly, slowly wearing off, and they're just getting to the grind now, which is going to cause some slumps a little bit. And I would call this three game stretch where they've been sh- a four game stretch where they've only won one game, they're one two and one, a slump. And if you consider all things all things considered, yeah, you know if you consider the Stanley Cup champions to have a hangover, I think it's now you talk about that adrenaline and that rush of immediately winning the cup. We got to repeat, and then. Kind of, kind of bogs down. You get into that grind, and then you kind of turn back into the to the monotony of travel this day, practice this day, another game this day. And there's almost that burnout. You know, there's burnout in in everything in life, and especially in hockey. You know, you and I have felt some burnout as we've covered the teams. But at the end of the day, we all come back around. You know, one thing I wanted to to, to mention is is you know. You, I talked to David Quinn, the Sharks head coach, you know, before the Oilers game. And, and one thing he talked about is, you know, with some of the Oilers struggles at the time is, you know, with them struggling, they really didn't have the success of the season to go back to and be like, that's how we need to play. Vegas has that. Obviously, one of the best starts, uh, you know, to the season of any team besides maybe the Bruins, if not better than them. Uh, then, you know, this little lull, every team's going to go through it. You've got Thanksgiving, you know, is, is in a couple of days. So I'm sure people and families looking forward to it. Lots of things going on outside of hockey right now. And this is also Vegas's first long road trip of the season. Obviously, they avoid the F1 chaos of Las Vegas that was last weekend. But the Sharks are, you know, are, are hanging in there. They're playing how I think you and I both expected them to play in terms of their in games. They're not going to win any, though. Yeah, it's kind of funny how you mentioned the Sharks are in games now. I mean, I mean when you when you all things considered, last night's game we're recording this on the twenty first of November, but last night's game against Vancouver was a good example. Of like how much they've improved since that ten one game against Vancouver. How much cha- things have changed? They're they're competitive. They're 
they're competitive, but they just don't have enough juice to get over the hump and win some games. But they're going to shock some people now. I think they've gotten over the hump. They've gotten through that long stretch where they didn't win a game. They got through the whole 10 goals in two straight games debacle. And I think they're now just going to fall into a team that will give you a challenge, but most nights they're probably not going to win. Yeah, that's that's pretty much true. And here's the one thing that's been consistent all season long has been goaltending. I mean, mm-hmm. Blackwood and Kakinen, you know, Kakinen maybe not as much as Blackwood have been stellar. I mean, Blackwood has been otherworldly good. And, you know, that's if you have goaltending, right? You look at Vancouver in, in years past, maybe not last year, but the year before, like Demko could single-handedly bring that team into playoff relevancy at times. Like that's, you know, that's the level of, of play that Mackenzie Blackwood is playing. It's just the team around him you know, it doesn't have that high-end talent, doesn't have that stardom like Quinn Hughes or Elias Pettersson, they like don't. Vancouver did. And, like, Tomas Schurdle's great, you know, but no Couture, Granlin's not what he was, Eklund is still developing. Like, it's, you know, Blackwood's doing the best he can, and, and Quinn admitted today, like, he's, they're still giving up too many shots. I mean, he stopped over 40 shots again yesterday. You know, when you give up that many shots, I mean, it's just, it's tough to expect your goalie to make make every one of them. I mean, I think every goalie in the league wants to say they can make every stop, but realistically, that's just not going to happen when you're facing 40. You know, I mean, that would be incredible if you shut out a team on 40, but, you know, it's just, you know, when you're facing 40 shots, that means there's something in the defensive structure that is, that's letting shots go through. And, you know, when you compare that to Vegas, they've, they've a lot, a lot of shots recently in, in their games. So that's something else to be considered when it comes to looking at like, what's up with Vegas a little bit. They're, they're seeing a lot more shots get through now, whether or not that's defensive structure or teams just doing a better job, you know, to be fair, we'll give credit to Phil, uh, Pittsburgh. They know Bruce Cassidy's system, having seen him so many times in Boston. Yeah. So they know how to play against it, and they know how to attack it. So I'll kind of toss that to the side. And same goes for Washington. They've seen that system so many times that they know how to attack it. So it it just feels like now, not a chess game of, like, adjustments and how to shore up these types of small little uh, miscues on def- on the defensive end, and that's what Vegas is going to look for in against tomorrow against Dallas. I mean, Dallas is going to shoot a lot from the point. They're going to fire a lot of pucks in, and now if shots get through, now anything can happen. If they play defensively solid and block shots and close out the shooting lanes and everything, they they could easily win this game and finish the road trip two 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 and one, which you know and under most cases is a relatively five point road trip. So you can't you can't complain about that. You have five, you have ten points available. You your goal is to go five hundred. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, you know, you talk about the shots against and it, it kind of coincides, you know, a lot of it is, is, you know, either defensive structure based or the, the structure breaks down due to a turnover. I think that's where a lot of the problems of, of both the Vegas and the Sharks are right now. I think, you know, there, there's that kind of expectation of, oh, this person's going to be there, but the team is really doing a good job prepping. You know, their, their opposition is doing a good job prepping for the Sharks. I think it's a little bit more on the talent side of why those turnovers are happening. But I think you mentioned it there, you know, with the, with the, the structure and the adjustments and, and how Pittsburgh broke down the system of, of Bruce Cassidy, right. You know, it's not going to happen every game and, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think, you know, you, like you said, make those little adjustments. It'll clean up some of those miscues, those turnovers, turnovers are deadly in the game of hockey. Like 
you talk about defensive breakdown structures. I mean, you look at the structure early in the year when they would get hemmed in their zone. A lot of it was because of a turnover in their own defensive zone, right? They turned the puck over because they didn't get the puck cleanly out to a man who was indirect pass off the boards. They tried to go through the middle. They couldn't get the puck out because they fanned on the pass. Just a lot of little errors like that. And I haven't watched as much of Vegas recently, but something tells me based on what's been going on with them, it's got to be something similar. Yeah, it feels it just feels it just feels something similar is going on. And, and you know, and this is where the differences between the teams we cover is gonna come in. I mean, Vegas has Vegas has experience and they're an experienced team that, you know, and and the thing is that they finally got healthy. They finally have every piece of that team there. And I think that's gonna that that plays into a factor too with terms of chemistry, getting back everyone on the same page and people filling back into roles that they were originally in. You have Brett Howden going from center back to left wing. You have Paul Cotter moving up lines. You have you know, you have Pavel Dorofeyev entering games because he's normally a scratch when everyone's healthy. But it feels like Vegas is in a position where they can afford a, a lull because they play yeah. so well to start the season. I mean, while while you look at the team like Edmonton, who doesn't have that room for if they if they plan on making the playoffs, they have no room for error from moving forward. While Vegas has Vegas has a small like NHL regular season with loser points and everything that that gives them a little bit of a gives them a little bit of a leeway. I'll say. Yeah, a little bit of a gap, and you know, Vancouver lost a couple in a row before playing the Sharks. So, and, and you know, they have they've been good. There's a couple of not flaws in their game, but there's a couple of little things that's saying, hey, they're going to come back down to earth. Maybe not as much as people think. I don't think at least, um, but they're you know they may not stay at this top level team. I mean, their power play is unreal right now with JT Miller and obviously Quinn Hughes. I mean, we can talk some more Pacific Division here. How about Quinn Hughes? First player in the NHL of 30 points, joins a list with only two other defensemen with one of the other defensemen of Bobby Orr scoring 30 points before his 20th game of the season. That is that is utter insanity what, what Quinn Hughes is doing this season so far. Yeah, it's insane. And the fact that Bobby Orr did it five times in his career is even more insane, which is Crazy to me that someone can score 30 points in less than 20 games five times in their career, but then again, they're playing with as a defenseman. Yeah, as a defenseman, nonetheless. So then again, you know, it's funny because they're probably playing with wooden sticks back then. And, <laughs> you know, and, and the curve hasn't been discovered yet. So, <laughs> well, you know, they always said, you know, anybody who watches Bar Down, TSM Bar Down, then, you know, Corwin there always says it's great. Gretzky couldn't have lifted the buck if he tried. So yeah. I don't know. When you're the leading point scorer in history of the NHL, just on assists, I think you're fine. Um, but beside that point, I mean, those Vancouver black jerseys with the matte helmets were so terrific to watch. I was, you know, watching that game. It was so, it was awesome to watch. It really was just, I love watching those jerseys. That shot Quinn Hughes has is ridiculous. I thought the Sharks played well. They handled it well. Eklund, I thought, had his his greatest chance creation game of the season so far last game. He had a goal taken away from him, but prior to that goal, he had a good entry into the zone, and then he dug to the front of the net. Z- uh, Zetterlund went to the front, and Eklund went to clean up the rebound, which is what excuse me, what you want to see from a from a young player in the NHL. Uh, and then he he had a break, a defensive play on a penalty kill, and then it turned into a break when he airmailed the backhand. But he he had Demko dead to rights, and I mean dead to rights. So um, you know it, it, it's it's encouraging signs. Um, you know, they're getting a little bit healthier. Mark Edward Vlasic's been a scratch the last two games. I honestly don't know why you would put him back in the lineup, especially with Matt Benning coming back. I mean, maybe, you know, Kyle Burroughs seems to be struggling a little bit. He had a good game after his scratch, and then he had a rough game last night. Maybe he was pressing a little bit too much because it was his old team. But uh, Matt Benning apparently is close, so I, I don't see any reason why to put Mark Edward Vlasic back in the lineup right now. Um, 
I mean, there's like nine defensemen on the team, really eight, uh, because McDonald's a forward right now. Um, but that's kind of what what we're looking at right now is what's next with Mark Edward Vlasic. We kind of know who the Sharks are. They've kind of settled down. Things have way quieted down to the front in terms of is Quinn's head on the line, is all this, that, the other. So look, the Sharks are kind of gonna fall into places that okay, they're in last place. So until the draft lottery, have a good one, folks. Now, okay, I'll keep all your all your all your draft uh, previews and everything at Sharks previews. Good, but you know, let's let's expand a little bit here in the NHL. Here, let's talk about the rest of the league. You know. Washington is red hot. Where did that come from? Florida, they're starting to roll and they just got Ekblad and Montour back. What what have you seen from around the league is, is kind of sticking out to you right now, Paul? I want to say the ups and downs of certain teams, how they, how they just get hot. Pittsburgh had a Pittsburgh is another good example. They're getting hot. You know, St. Louis is now on the down trail. It's so interesting to me how quickly momentum shifts in the regular season and 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 that's what makes the regular season appealing, but at the same time, it's like, how serious can you take some of these things? I mean, come a seven-game series, can can Washington maintain all these things? Can Pittsburgh maintain all these things? And you know, it, it that's where the that's where the lore of the regular season is is to see like it's just jockeying for position, and it's just you have a point total you have to hit. Um, when you hit that point total, you pretty much you know anything can happen, as we saw last year at Florida. So it the ups and downs of the season so far, the mood swings as I'll call them, is very much dramatic. Is more is is very dramatic for the early season in terms of like how quickly teams get hot and then all of a sudden go on a lull and then get hot again. And you know those always happen in seasons, but it seems it it's surprising to me the teams that have gone on their hot streaks recently. Yeah, and and you know let's take that to a side point. 31 of the 32 teams go through ups and downs of the NHL. The Boston Bruins don't. They just mm-hmm. don't. They're ridiculous. I think they've lost like 19 games out of their last 100 or 101 regular. Something absurd like that. They, they've won like almost 80 games. I think it's like 79. I think they were like 79, like nine and whatever, and like two mm-hmm. uh, to, to in their last 100 or something like that. It's something absurd. Or maybe even 78, nine and three or something like that. I don't know. But they don't go on lulls in the regular season and they're doing it without like my friend who is his home from New York. He, he came over, he watched the sharks game with me yesterday. He he said, who's your vote for coach of the year? I said, Jim Montgomery, like, well, well, what about Paul? What about Laviolette? He's doing a great job in New York. All oh, this, that, the other, I go, well, okay. When you lose franchise icon and the guy who should rename the trophy and Patrice Bergeron, who's still playing at elite level, David Krejci, who played at a high level for his second line. And then you lose, uh, and you you know, you've dealt with the injuries that you have in the back end, plus the suspension of McAvoy, and you're still the best team in the NHL. Clearly, the coaching is doing something right, and that system is fitting the 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 goaltenders brilliantly. I think this year, it's right now, it's Swayman's turn to win the Vesna. So who knows? Like it's it. I mean, they just every other goalie right now. The Bruins are just absurdly good. Yeah, they are, and it's just man, it's. They still play in that Eastern Conference, man, and I yep. just, and the fact that adds more to how good they really are, and also on the opposite end, I can see I can see just someone catching up to them in terms of just catching them. And catch. in the Atlantic, though, but like I don't know who's in the like no, maybe Florida. Oh, you're talking Metro. I mean, the Rangers are hanging with them. Uh, Carolina, we'll see if they can catch up. The Devils. Did, were they were they exposed without Jack Hughes and they need a goaltender? Go trade for Mackenzie Blackwood. Oh wait, you traded him away. 
Uh, they'll get John Gibson or something. I don't know. Yeah, like it's got to be Gibson. But also, did you expect Gibson to be playing for the Ducks and the Ducks playing, you know, pretty good hockey? Yeah. After what what came out this offseason from John Gibson, who said he would never, apparently he would never play a game. And then that's not true. Whole bunch of drama with the John Gibson and the Ducks this offseason, too. It's kind of just kind of washed away with their success of the season. Yeah, washed away. And and, and we mentioned earlier that Anaheim's a fun team. Do I they they'll they're gonna they're gonna chase that they're gonna chase Seattle and whoever comes out of the out of the central for a playoff spot. They'll chase them down. They'll 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 give it a good run here. Uh will they make it? I still don't know. I think they're still too young a little bit on that. Yeah. I think I think the pressure I think the pressure to late season will get to them a little bit, but we'll see what happens. I mean, when I talked to Troy Terry at the NHL players tour, he was confident that this team could really make some strides. So Anaheim to me right now is one of the surprises of the early season in the Western conference and the Pacific division. For sure. And you look at Trevor Zegers, he's hurt right now. He only had two points. Troy Terry, as you mentioned, you know, he, he thought they could surprise. He's, he's taken a second to get going, but he's going now. Mason McTavish is becoming a star before our eyes. Kavo Mintikov came out of not nowhere. I mean, he was a first round pick. But nobody expected this type of production from him. But he has recently slowed down a little bit. Ducks, I think, like you said, that pressure of oh wait, could they win games? Have slowed down now, and I think that's that's the time. You know, the teams are going to jump on them, and they they faced a good Pittsburgh team that was rolling, and they've seemed to found their groove. But who knows with their injuries now? It's an interesting thing, and I think the Stars right now are kind of the biggest wild card in the NHL. They, they they've been good, and you know, Ottinger's been terrific. Uh, but Hints and Roberts really haven't going. It's been a lot of Joe Pavelski, Matt Duchesne, Tyler Sagan, uh, and Mira Heiskin. But like Robertson has has really not gotten going. He's been okay, but not as good as we've come to expect the last two years. And they put up five goals in the third period to beat the Rangers last night, which the Rangers had nine wins this season after scoring first, uh, 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 scoring first in a game. So that was second most in league behind the Philadelphia Flyers, um, which is crazy. Um, but like that to me, that Western Conference wildcard team in terms of not like they're going to be in the wildcard place, but wildcard is like, like their cup contender or or like are they just bubble playoff? Is is Dallas like which version of Dallas are we going to get? Their structure, I think, will keep them in the first and second area of of the Central Division. But if they play like this in the playoffs, I don't think they're Stanley Cup contending team. There's a lot of flaws when you look up and like you know, there's a lot of flaws when it comes to like the teams in the West. You know, it's just, it's just, you know, for Vegas, it's the fact they stayed pat. Like, it's, let's be honest. I mean, every team around them that is a tough contender made some type of move to get better. Vegas yeah. said, we're going to stay pat. And there's not a lot of room to make moves in terms of, in terms of at the deadline, like what they can do. I mean, that would require moving someone that they value. So it, it's some, it's, that's their weakness. And is that they have the same group, but that's the weakness and the strength is that they have the yeah. same group. Dallas, as we mentioned, is up and down, but we've seen enough of Pete DeBoer where we know he's going to get this team doing exactly what he wants them to do, which is play well in the regular season and then come playoff time, roll the dice. See if roll the system, dice, yep. See if the system this, can work. The playoff, look, this is Pete DeBoer. First year, go deep in the playoffs. Get to the conference final, the Seneca final, lose in heartbreaking fashion. Next year, you're having a good season, but something seems off. It's okay. You made the playoffs as a number two seed in your division. First round exit. Third year, you missed the playoffs. Fourth year, he's doing bad again. See ya. Hire Gerard Gallant. That's the Pete DeBoer process, apparently. And and I'm not saying this is now. That's just obviously joking. But I don't know. The track record screams after year one of Pete DeBoer. 
starting to diminish a little bit. And, you know, I like the ad of Duchesne and, but like when you're trotting out Ryan Suter as a number one demand, well, number two, really behind Heisken. I don't know. I don't know how much I'm into that in terms of, you know, structure and flaws, right. You talk about how Vegas has that same team, has that same structure that's built in that guaranteed success. Clearly Ryan Suter in the playoffs wasn't a liability, but he, he, he hindered them somewhat on the back end. Vegas has that success. Like we talked about all the way in the beginning of this podcast about, you know, we know we can be successful with this group and they've got the cup to back it up. So team like Vegas, I'm more expecting to, to, to get back to their high flying ways. Dallas. I, I just don't know. Like, I feel like they're good and they've got one of the best goaltenders in the league, but like, who knows? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't trust the man unless Robertson gets going. I really don't. Well, I wouldn't trust him in unless Robertson gets going either. I mean, that's 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 your young ace. I mean, that's the way you put it. You can't rely on Joe Pavelski for another yeah. season or two. Well, I mean, you might be able to this year. He's been unreal again. Yeah. The man does not age, apparently. No, he does not. You know, um, he does not. And, no, he and, he's going to deflect pucks in the net. He's not. He's, he's he's. I think he might be the slowest player in the league. He's incredibly slow. But he's never in the wrong spot. He's never out of position. He never gets pulled out of position. He's always in the right. Like, that's just a smart hockey player. Who would win the skating race? Mark Stone or Pro Favelski? Oh, Mark Stone. And I would, I don't, I I, I, I don't think it would be close. I think I I joke with, with people here. I like, Joe Pavelski got cinder blocks for a feed. Mark Stone just has a bad stride. Joe Pavelski is a, a an efficient skater. His feet just look like they're 27 pounds each. They're they just clomping around on the ice, but all of a sudden he scores a goal on you. And you're just like, how did you do that? Um, now, the one other thing I want to get, you know, your thoughts on is, is this international uh, tournament, not the World Cup uh, with the four teams with U.S., Canada, Sweden, Finland. Uh, you know, at first glance, my thought was, hey, why even have this at all? And and I don't think I'm going to sway from that. Like, uh, think about this. A World Cup of Hockey without anybody, like, without all the checks. So no Pasternak, that's no Tomas Hurdle, that's no Zaka, that's no uh, Filipino and, and then obviously then you look at the Russians and you talk about all the political stuff going on. no Panarin, no he, uh no Kucherov, no Vasilevsky, no Ovechkin. Like is it really a tournament? Like what like you're gonna stop the season for a week to ten days to play games in Europe that is NHL sanctioned for four teams? Like to me, like why? Like why are you ha- just like it doesn't add anything to me in terms of my hockey. Like, and I want to see internet. I want to see World Cup of Hockey. And I know North, Team North America was so awesome and that will never happen again. But I want to see that type of play again. And I just, why, why in Europe? Why? It's an NHL sanctioned thing. Have ever just, I, I was listening to NHL Network Radio today and, 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 uh, Puma Gordon on the point was like, just have it in Vegas. It's like, just shut Vegas, like have a bunch of hockey people come to Vegas for four teams if you're going to do this and party it up in Vegas for a week. Why would you not do that? I love how everyone says come to Vegas, and I'm like, it's a party more stuff town. For me to cover, <laughs> just more stuff for me to cover at this point. Hey, but, hey, um, look, you got a cup run last year. Yeah, this is true. Um, no, but in reality, uh, I don't get why it's only four teams. I don't get the purpose of why it can only be four teams. I mean, just let them play in the Olympics then. Yeah, why, why like, bother with this whole four team tournament nonsense? Because yeah, like, like the World Juniors are compelling in their self. Right. I mean, and and they've got every team and and I don't there's no Russia this year again, isn't there? I don't think so. And again, that's disappointing. We don't get to see Mich- uh Matvey Michkov. Like if you're a Flyers fan and you want to follow the World Juniors, like 
yeah, you're looking at, you know, some of the other players on, on, on the U S you know, for maybe like, like Macklin Celebr or Canada, sorry, like Macklin Celebrini or, or some of these guys that are draft eligible, but like the top prospect in the flyer system is Matvey Michkov and you can't watch him uh, for two reasons. One, Rush is not a tournament. Two, nobody gets NHL Network in America unless you have direct TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, like, nobody has that anymore. Like, I have YouTube TV and ESPN+. Plus. Like, I can't watch World Junior games. And all the World Junior games are on ESPN+. Plus. There's, like, Finland versus Slovakia, which is a good game to watch. But you're watching maybe one prospect and you don't know who they are because it's – like, the World Juniors is great. But, again, like this other tournament, it's missing something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. And, and it's just – it just feels – like you're going halfway on something, like yeah, like that's the thing. When the, when FIBA decided to launch their World Cup, they went all in. They said we're doing 32 teams. We're getting where everyone's going to qualify and everything else. This doesn't feel like the most thought out plan. Like I like the concept of World Cup of hockey. Yeah, I just don't think you can have it without some of the other countries and having to four teams. I'll take even something as small as 16. But yeah, but yeah. even still, like you think then you like without Russia, like. Ovechkin, Panarin, Kucherov, mm-hmm. Vasilevsky. Um, I'm just trying to think of, I mean, it's it's leaving my mind right now, but like you, you're, those are the first ones that come to my mind. Like you don't get those players. Like you don't get Mikhail Sergachev. You don't get, uh, I'm just blanking on other Russians. Help me out here. Like there's so many like stars. Ivan Barbashev. Ivan Barbashev. That's a, is he finished? No, I don't know. He's Russian. Yeah, he's, he's Russian. You, Alexander Barabanov. Um <laughs> Hey, he's fun to watch. But like those I, guys, like I think those guys are playing. I think they're yeah. playing. Yeah, you, you ready? We're missing a big one. Kirill Kaprizov. Mm-hmm. Like, who wouldn't? Why would you not want to see a line with Kucherov on the right wing and Kaprizov on the left wing? Doesn't matter who's in the middle. Watching those two pass back and forth would be like watching Kaprizov and Zuccarello on steroids. Like mm-hmm. that would be so much fun. Yeah, and and just the concept of just the concept, like I think, like part of me is thinking they just want to they just want an excuse for to see, yep, USA versus Canada, and it's the report is that might happen three times. Cool, like I get it. Like US, the from the World Cup of Hockey to now, like in twenty sixteen, like with where where the team USA, like that's gonna be unreal to watch because mm-hmm. down the middle you got Matthews, Eichel, Jack Hughes. Dylan Larkin or Matthew Kachuk, Brady Kachuk, however you want to do it. But then you 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 lose out on on a Tim Stutzla. You lose out on a Leon Dreisaitl because they're both German. You mm-hmm. lose out on a team of Meyer and Nico Heischer. Like, I want to see those teams. Yeah. No, you're you're 100% on, on point here. You miss out on – you're missing the potential. Like, sure, sure, you'll see Canada versus U.S. Sure, that's where a bulk of your superstars are going to be from. Yeah. In terms of everything else, in terms of your marketable stars and what you're trying to market in a league. But the but hockey is to me the third behind basketball and soccer, the third most diverse sport there is in terms of countries to play it. Because of how I think it could be more diverse than basketball. Soccer, no chance, but no chance. I think bas I think it's more diverse than basketball. I mean, you look at how many countries are in like Germany's becoming a powerhouse international hockey. I'm not trying to slight you, but like Basketball is, I think, popular nationwide, but I don't think many people play it nationwide as well as, you know, like there's, you know, in in, in hockey, Sweden, Finland, U.S., Canada, Russia can all win gold at any moment in time mm-hmm. because that's how good they are. And now you look at uh, you look at Denmark and they're starting to come up with more hockey players. Mm-hmm. You look at Germany, which is surprising people all over the place now. And like 
that in, in Slovakia is getting deeper and Switzerland is getting deeper and all these teams are getting deeper, more development because the game is growing internationally. And then you don't allow those teams to play. And then you play it in, in, in Europe in their face saying, ha you can't play. Why? Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's just absurd that I, when I first heard about the idea, I'm like at the, at the, at the player store, I'm like, cool idea. And then they released the fact that it's only going to be 14. Like that. That's yeah. not going to work. It's it's not good. No, and I don't think like four teams. It's cool. We want to see international hockey, but I just I don't think you're slapping something against the wall for a week of games that are in the middle of the regular season, right around the Super Bowl in 2025. Like you're not beating out the Super Bowl, and you're let alone then you're gonna play games in Europe. Who's gonna watch a game at 11 a.m. on the East Coast and 8 a.m. on the West Coast to watch USA Canada or USA Sweden that? You know, here in California, hockey is trying to grow. If you put this game in L.A., you put this game in Vegas, people in California will go for the weekend or they'll go for the week. But you're doing it around the Super Bowl with four teams. Yeah, it's going to be fun, but it's just not the same. It's just not the same. No, it's not. And when you're when you're missing some massive countries with massive potential to really be a marketable, a worldwide event, like it's just it's missing the mark. And I think that's what I think ultimately this comes down to is that. They're like eh, we want to do this World Cup thing, but we don't want to commit to like getting all these players. I'm like, then don't do it. Just let them play. And then even the geopolitical stuff with Russia and Czechia and all this that and the other, which is you know partially of it is understandable. But like if it's NHL run, you know it would stink. You know you say it's got to be NHL players only, right? So that cuts off a lot of teams like Slovakia and Slovenia mm. things like because like you know Slovakia they you've got Kopitar. And I can't even think of another Slovakian player in in the NHL right now. They're deep because they've just got they've just got people. Switzerland, you've got Heesher, you've got uh, you've got Meyer. And and then, you know, there's a couple other players in the NHL that are blanking me, but you don't have 18 skaters and two goalies like you. You're just leaving a lot on the table. And you could make the well, it's going to leave you guys wanting more. Well, if you don't allow the other teams, we're never going to get more. Mm hmm. We'll never get so, more, and and just the way it just worked out, it's just unfortunate that that's their plan. And you know, it's just if it, I mean, I don't know what they're doing. Like it, then again, there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot of things in the NHL that quite we question every week. So it's just it is. Yep, yep. There's a lot of things to question. I question that Wynios Hoglander didn't get a couple games for that slew foot last night, but that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. As someone who's been slew footed. It's very dirty, and I think part of it went into it uh, was LeBanc was okay and stayed in the game. Um, but look, Paul, we're starting to run low on time here. Uh, I'm hoping our live stream here on Twitter went well for those who have caught it. I've been retweeting throughout just to try and bring it back to the top of people's feet. So hopefully you guys stuck around, whoever's been watching for us. Uh, but look, Paul, you know, it's been a slower-ish week. Uh, you know, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, what, what are your Thanksgiving plants coming up? It's the big feast on Thursday. Uh, there are no plans because my family, oh. decided, my mom decided to go to the Philippines. For oh, so I have no plans whatsoever. And you I, didn't get the invite. I, I did not want to go. <laughs> I don't go. Too much Vegas gold. Nice to cover. Look, good man doing your job. No, That's no, what they, have a game on, they have a game on Saturday. So I'm, I'm, I'll be there. I'll be that T-Mobile arena on Saturday. I um, got to be at SAP Friday, Saturday. It's Dan Ruzanowski night on uh, day on Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're getting a Ruzi rally towel. I'm actually really excited for that game. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't know what they're doing for Vegas. I just know they have uh, Golden Friday, which is their Black Friday sale at the at their team stores. That seems pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. 
So what, what you got coming up on the site, what you got coming out this week. I know you've been working on some features that hopefully we'll see it coming out soon. Yeah. You know, just working on some stuff. I mean, I had a, had to do some things for the winter classic preview. Like how to do something Ooh. for the program about the winter classic. What are your thoughts on the, the leaked jerseys really quickly? Uh, Cause I gotta know because I like Seattle's and I think Vegas is our utter trash. I'm sorry. <laughs> Vegas does not have a lot of good alternative jerseys in their history, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I didn't think I, I like Seattle's. I, I Vegas, yeah. I can, you know, true for that. It's like, not the worst, but it's it's not it's not far from it in no. my opinion. But I know I had to work on this story for about Mark Stone for the Winter Classic. So if you're going to the Winter Classic, Winter Classic, you will see probably a story by me in there in the program. So I was working on that for the longest time. Once once I've cleared that, I can probably start working on some stuff here. Um, but for the most part, we have a game Saturday, which I'm looking forward to. Just ha- getting back, just getting back to the team, and then the probably the most compelling road trip of the first of the first half of the first third of the season. They go to Canada. They go to the Vancouver, Ooh. Edmonton, and Calgary trio. Now start you would think Calgary and Edmonton would be good matches, but it's really that first one you it's mentioned. That first one. <laughs> Yeah, that's that first one that I'm looking forward to because I want to see how I want to see Quinn Hughes against William Carlson. Yeah, that that's that seems or even Eichel at this point, too. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say William Carlson, is because it's more of a two way battle and Eichel even on two way battle now because you have you have the whole because Eichel's playing so well defensively. Yeah. So um, we're, we're looking at the power play, which against Montreal scored three goals and a shorty. So the special teams has really been clicking surprisingly for Vegas, which was their point of emphasis heading into the season. Uh, we'll look at the power play and kind of like we're doing an end. I'm looking at some numbers here and like, what, what, why is it different from last year? What was the biggest thing? Case in point, they're moving. Um, <laughs> they're moving. You know, it, it really, you know, one thing Quinn always talks about is they need to, they, you know, they need to move faster. That's, that's either the body or the puck. You got to mm-hmm. move. I'll let you pass around the outside all day long. But if you move, like you look at McDavid and they're flying all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so his case in point, they're moving a lot more. Jack Eichel can hold the puck while other people are trying to get open. <laughs> yeah, that you know, a weird concept when that happens, how good Jack Eichel can be when his teammates give him open lanes to pass to. Yeah, Ooh, crazy it's crazy. 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 Number two overall pick doing that? Oh, I would have never thought. Someone who can hold the puck as well as he does? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's reach. He's just an electric player. And I love, I think Vegas is the perfect spot because he's just under the radar, flying. He knows he's good. He knows his team's good. He's got a cup, and now he's just nobody hates him anymore. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of forgot about the trade. You know, Tuck has been slow for Buffalo. But I mean, Ike was in such a perfect spot in Vegas. Yeah, it was perfect and everything else. So, what about you? What do you got coming up? Um, you know, it's been it's been fast and furious here. Uh, Sharks play Seattle tomorrow. That'll be fun to watch. They've got Montreal on Friday, and guess who? For the third time this season, Vancouver Canucks on Saturday. Um, so I get to see Quinn Hughes for the third time this season. And right now, the Canucks are outscoring the Sharks thirteen to one, uh, thirteen to two this Ooh. season. Uh, and uh, the goals were scored by Thomas Hurdle and Fabian Zetterland, both power play goals. So the Sharks have yet to score five on five. Uh, uh, the Canucks have more shorthanded goals against uh, goals for than the Sharks do five on five, uh, in that matchup. Um, so do with that information with what you want. Uh, but you know, lots of games coming up. Ruzanowski, uh, we're kind of honoring him Friday night, the, the Sharks radio broadcaster who got into the Hall of Fame a, a week and a half ago or so. Uh, but you know, just trucking along, right? We're in the season, three wins. The Sharks, you know, playing better, it's much more enjoyable to watch. Um, 
you know, and I think the biggest thing now is when what happens with Vlasic. I mean, there's no way to 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 kind of send him down. You can't buy him out now. Like you're in a rough spot with that because he's just not playing as an NHL player like at all. So that's kind of the biggest key. Uh, continue the the development, but uh, as you can see with our socials below, Paul, plug your stuff, and I'll sign us off. Uh, yeah, you can catch me on Twitter or X, whatever you call it, at Paul Delos underscore, and catch. Any article I post on the Vegas hockey, uh, not Vegas, the hockey news, Vegas Golden Knight site. That's a mouthful. I yes, it is. Um, THN.com slash Vegas. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. So check all his stuff out. Paul puts up some great work and I cannot wait to read that Mark Stone article when it comes out. Uh, for me, real underscore Max underscore Miller on X, formerly Twitter, um, and, and THN.com slash San Jose for all your Sharks news. Paul, it's been fun. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Have a safe and fun holiday and uh, let's win some money on some football, shall we? Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Thursday. We're I'm gonna we're both winning money. You can book it here. Check all of our stuff out on the hockey news. Check all of our team sites out. This has been episode seven of the Neutral Zone. Uh for Paul De Los Santos. I'm Max Miller, and we'll see you guys in maybe one or two weeks. We'll see how we're feeling after Thanksgiving. We might be a little full. Have a good night, everybody.